You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. The law feature on Classic Business is brought to you by leading full-service law firm Weber Wenzel through an alliance with Linklaters and relationships with law firms across Africa. Weber Wenzel ensures that you have the best expertise wherever you do business. Now, the Competition Commission's recommendation when it ruled that the proposed takeover of Burger King by U.S. private equity fund be prohibited due to the lack of BE in the new ownership structure continues to leave a sour taste in the mouth of business leaders and dealmakers across the country almost without fail. All I speak to are critical of the decision and its uh, logic or or lack thereof. Uh, While the Commission found that the proposed transaction was unlikely to impact competition in the country, it did find that the merger would lead to a significant reduction in the shareholding of historically disadvantaged persons in the target firm. And uh, South African business uh, representative body Business Unity South Africa uh, threw its opinion into the fray when it said that the Commission's decision to block the sale makes it harder for black companies to sell assets and it places them at a disadvantage compared with their white counterparts and the case also raises serious questions about whether competition law is the right tool to advance the country's transformation agenda. Well I'm joined now by Sean van der Merlin who's a partner at Weber Wenzel in the competition law practice and Sean was a key member of the competition team acting for Anheuser-Busch InBev, AB InBev in that 2016 acquisition of SAB Miller was awarded deal of the year by dealmakers at the time as I recall and it required a number of competition filings and approvals across Africa and in AB InBev's uh, subsequent disposal of SAB Miller's interests in Distel to the Public Investment Corporation and of course the chatter in the market is how this ruling will now potentially impact uh, the buyout of Distel by Dutch brewer Heineken so it's all very fascinating uh, Sean welcome to the show Firstly, when assessing a merger, what is the commission required to do or to determine in terms of the act? Thanks, Martin. Um, in terms of the South African Competition Act, it's, it's quite unique when one looks at it compared to other competition statutes around the world, which tend to focus purely on competition law, law issues. Um, our, our act is unique in the sense that it requires a balancing of both the competitive effects of a transaction, i.e. what is likely to happen in the market for consumers, will it have price raising effects, will it harm competition in the market, as well as uh, a set of specific public interest considerations, which requires our competition authorities to consider and assess on the merger. Um, so there is a, a requirement that our authorities balance both the competition and public interest aspects in deciding whether to approve a deal. When it comes to public interest aspects, there are other aspects here, and the Commission said that it blocked the transaction on the grounds of Section 12A3E of the Competition Act, and that requires the Commission to consider the effect that the merger will have on the promotion of a greater spread of ownership, and in particular to increase the levels of ownership by historically disadvantaged persons in the market. But there are other sections, 12A3, including the effect on employment, paragraph B. Uh, we've got uh, what will happen in C on the ability of national industries to compete in international markets and uh, also on how this might impact the ability of small and medium businesses or firms controlled or owned by historically disadvantaged persons. Now, on all three of these... The decision seems to fly in the face of the requirements of the Act. Um, what do you make of the balancing Act that was uh, achieved here by the Commission? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a good question because there seems there's not been much of a balancing by the Commission. Um, and we, we know from the Competition Appeal Court's remarks in the 
Walmart NASMART case a number of years ago, which was uh, the first really big case to consider public interest effects of a transaction. There the appeal court said specifically that there has to be a balancing not only of the, the competition and public interest considerations, but within the list of public interest factors that need to be considered, there needs to be a balancing on that. What's quite interesting is that when the Commission first announced its prohibition of this transaction, it said, well, it was prohibiting it on the basis of, of uh, 12A3E, i.e. that the, the main concern, although prohibited on the basis that the BE level in Burger King would effectively drop from 68% to zero, and that that was uh, the trump card, as it were, to prohibit the transaction. It subsequently come out following that media release by the Commission and in various interviews by the Commissioner is that there were other proposals put forward by the, the parties in relation to the other public interest considerations, i.e. They, they indicated that they would invest up to 500 million rand, they would increase the number of stores, Burger King stores in South Africa, which is arguably a, a very strong pro-competitive effect because it's increasing the number of fast food outlets in the country uh, you know, who can compete against other chains. They indicated that they would increase employment by 1,200-odd employees, which are all good public interest benefits. Um, and the, the Commission has subsequently come out and said that you know, while it's a cognizance of those proposals, they were really only put to the Commission at the 11th hour after mm-hmm. the Commission had raised concerns around BE. And effectively, the Commission didn't think that the parties had gone far enough in, in the other benefits that it was proposing to the Commission and that they, effectively the parties weren't doing enough to address its concerns and BE. And the Commissioner, interestingly, said that it had a few views and it put other proposals to the parties which weren't really considered or the parties didn't come up with counter-proposals that in the Commission's mind did enough. So there does seem to have been a little bit of balancing on the other, on the other public interest considerations, but it seems to have been a, a somewhat of a closed-minded uh, decision by the, the Commission to, to not take those further. And I think that is also what sticks in the craw a little bit. So there was that sense announcement released by GPI the following day. And if you look at winners and losers, I mean, GPI, a fully empowered uh, BE investment holding company, lost 300 million rand on the back of this. I mean, they were big losers. These are meant to be the beneficiaries of government's policy. So that muddies the thinking logically for me as well. But when it comes to what is considered substantial public interest, and that word substantial here is important, does the competition commission look through to the members say of pension and other collective investment schemes really to establish their racial composition or are the only empowerment interests recognized by them and the government more widely uh, as those ones held directly which i think is conveniently understate the numbers of beneficial owners of south african business of all races and open up opportunity to do more deals to empowerment entrepreneurs who are small in number influential and politically important, but hardly representative of the public at large. Indeed, and I think you raise an interesting point as to how parties position their transactions going forward when presenting them to the Commission. I mean, historically, in presenting a merger to the Commission, things like PE funds have really only looked at the, the actual fund managers who are likely to manage the companies and control them going forward, as opposed to 
you know, looking at who are the ultimate beneficiaries or the financial backers behind those deals who may in many instances be BE and, and historically disadvantaged individuals and arguably those transactions would be to the benefit of those investors. Obviously in the context of, of private equity there's often a reluctance to go into or reveal who the limited partners are, who those investors are, who is behind the money because those are typically non-controlling people who for various reasons wish to remain anonymous as it were. But it, it raises an interesting question as to whether in the future there will be a greater incentive on parties to reveal to the Commission who are behind the mergers and who is likely to benefit financially from those transactions, even if they're not likely to ultimately control the entities that are subject to those transactions. Very interesting point that you raise there around lifting yes. the veil, so to speak, and whether or not that might be done on a, a basis of non-disclosure between the transacting parties yes. and, and the Commission, considering the nature of private equity in particular is to uh, remain largely off-radar. What is important now for transactors to bear in mind when they're approaching the Commission with a deal? And I mentioned, Sean, earlier, we've got the Distel uh, potential um, takeout by Heineken, a Dutch-based brewer. Distel is 30% owned here by the PIC. Is Heineken going to have to come up with a, a 30% BE equity scheme as part of this transaction? I mean, w- what does this all mean now? Yeah. Well, look, the reality is that public interest is a very important consideration in the way parties present their deals to the competition authorities. The competition authorities have a statutory mandate to consider public interest in the in assessing mergers. And I think the message that comes out of this deal is that parties need to think creatively about what public interest benefits they can show from a transaction and what other benefits might arise from a transaction if it does result in some kind of reduction in BE shareholding or some other negatives on that front. You know, for example, in this matter, the, the commissioner attending course Bonatelli indicated that, well, you know, here the, the commission has put proposals to the, the parties around considering whether they could license or sub-franchise deals for the Burger King stores to BE entities or uh, historically disadvantaged controlled companies and the like as a means to offset the reduction in BE. And I think the message is that, you know, parties need to think carefully as to what they can do from a public interest perspective and show that and show how their deals will be positive on some other front. Obviously this this particular Burger King transaction has received some criticism because it seems that it um, hasn't adequately considered the effects of the decision for the ground parade investors who are wanting to exit their Burger King investment and what that means for for BE shareholders who wish to realize value on their investments by exiting a business. Um, but I, I suppose the fact remains is that, you know, we're in a world where parties need to consider these types of things seriously. So, uh, I mean, in relation to the, the Heineken Distel possible transaction you, you mentioned, um, I think the parties are going to have to work very hard in, in showing what public interest benefits the deal comes. If it does result in a, mm. in a reduction in BE, you know, they, they may consider what kind of BE schemes they could put in place. We know the Commission is very much in favour of employee and worker share schemes as a means for workers to benefit financially in the, in, the, um, in the companies that they work in. 
where they are, um, and not to mention other um, benefits that can be shown in dropping car value chains. So what can the parties do in terms of procurement from small local businesses, ensuring um, you know, sustainability for, for other players um, who they may secure input from, um, you know, things like supplies of raw materials, logistics, and the like. You know, there's an entire value chain where parties can show, show benefits from these transactions. But the key is also to approach the Commission early on, as uh, you mentioned earlier, and in my conversation with the Commissioner, the Commission wasn't impressed by the 11th hour nature of the interaction, which uh, looked uh, from the, the, the Commissioner's response to my questions, was seen as uh, not being genuinely committed to the public interest. Sean van der Meerlen, partner at Weber Wenzel, with insights into a curious decision by the competition, and maybe we should be calling it the Public Interest Commission on Burger King. The law feature on Classic Business was brought to you by Weber Wenzel. With over 150 years of experience and deep industry knowledge, Weber Wenzel is the leading full-service law firm on the African continent. And Williams has got your news up after this. Knowing that limitations exist and knowing that there are no boundaries to your possibilities, combining knowledge and experience to provide tailored and commercial business solutions, leveraging key relationships with global firm locators and law firms across Africa, that is the value of experience. With over 150 years of experience and deep industry knowledge, Weber Wenzel is the leading full-service law firm on the African continent. See the value of experience at WeberWenzel.com.